What's going on, Player Profiler Nation? It's Matty Kiwum, and this is the latest episode of the Future Cast. It's going to be a doozy, and I am joined by my right-hand man, the OG, Mr. Theo Greminger. What's going on, my friend? I'm so stoked for tonight. Uh, first of all, this is our first uh, show appearance by John Lobb. Uh, we did an announcement on Twitter, but anybody listening in the Player Profiler podcasting streets, you know, you've heard John come on with me before, you know, several times and come on with Maddie and I and Futurecast a couple, mm-hmm. well, maybe six weeks ago. Uh, yep. But John, Player Profiler is now going to be the home of John's written work. And John, for years, has done exceptional work on his Scholar series, breaking down prospects, going position by position, uh, and really diving deep. John is one of my favorite people in the entire fantasy industry in terms of like tape, evaluation of prospects, and he's very strong and bold with his takes. I think you're going to love his articles. Uh, you're going to hear him on more Player Profiler podcasts um, and see him on more Player Profiler YouTube appearances. Uh, it's just really exciting. I think we're becoming the industry leader in dynasty content and and draft evaluation. And John definitely helps us with that in a in a huge way. So, John, welcome to Player Profiler. And let everybody know what article you have coming up right around the way. Oh, thank you so much. You have no idea how excited I am to join this team. It is just an opportunity. Theo reached out to me. We had some great discussions. I've been, I know a bunch of the guys on player profile through Twitter and maybe some conversations here and there. So it's an honor. And I love draft season and to be able to have another format to reach a, a different audience, a new audience for my written content. And then provide analysis on a um, video platform like this is just, I'm just so happy and looking forward to it. It's my 11th year. So um, if you've known my items in the past, it's been 11 years since I've been breaking down the rookie class. My quarterback profiles are coming right up on player profiler. That's the first group. Um, Anyone who knows me, it takes me a while. I don't want to rush the process. So I'm going to be coming out with a written article about every two weeks from now until the draft so that you can keep coming back. You can see what I think of new players, how I break them down. I update them as the data points change. So one thing I always try to make people aware, we have the combine, and players can rise and fall depending on that 40 time. You don't want to take it like Jalen Weidenmeyer, if you remember that tight end out of (laughs) Texas A&M. What did he run, like a 5-1? You're like, oh, my God. (laughs) So you got to be aware. (laughs) <laughs> guys we don't remember though the 40 40 can be deceiving because kyron oh, williams yeah. oh, oh there's we thought Kyron. Not, yeah he also ran a four eight or whatever yeah. it was and and it, you know but but you know i want to reiterate john's articles we're going to link them wherever possible uh depending on when this show drops we might link it in the show description but look for john's written work on player profiler and look for john to appear on other podcasts throughout the draft process over the next you know couple months this is really going to be john's wheelhouse and you know we talked about dynasty content being a huge thing at player profiler and our one of our newest dynasty shows is blue chips and maddie has a lot coming up around the bend uh diving more into this class look for the game plan as well where maddie crushes it continually Mm -hmm. throughout the season but maddie you are dropped you dropped a couple of senior bowl articles this week let everybody know uh what those were and where they could find them 
So basically, you know, just a day one risers, fallers, day two risers and fallers. You can find that day one is already on player profilers websites or playerprofile.com. You can see in the article section uh, and day two is dropping. Probably by the time you hear this, it probably will be out as well. So you can hit that up. It's just a recap of a couple of players uh, from the East, uh, from the American team and the national team in day one and day two. Uh, yeah, I love it. And, and Maddie's grinding. And also look for my updated my updated wide receiver rankings are dropping later this week on player profiler. And I have my super flex rankings dropping my, my uh, single QB league rankings are already up there. You can still find those, but we're, we're bringing it all throughout the draft process. We're going to be bringing it written work, podcasts, shows, video content, you name it. We've got you covered. And I want to give a little hat tip to my guy, Matty Kiwum because Matty Kiwum for a couple weeks now has been talking up Roman Wilson and Roman Wilson was like a guy who anybody watching Michigan would see Roman Wilson make plays, but he wasn't especially featured and he wasn't especially like highly targeted or anything like that. He was just a good player making plays, but Maddie in the pre-evaluation process compared him stylistically to like a Deontay Johnson. Now Roman Wilson, he was on Bruce Feldman's freaks list known as a speed guy, but Maddie, he's been tearing it up at the senior bowl. Where is he? You, do you think he's going to rise up to and what, further observations do you have about Wilson? So my initial working comp, and I call it my working play style comp because it's working. It's not set in stone. It's not set in place. The Deontay Johnson comp was more of the style, but what I'm seeing out of Roman Wilson this week is his upside is going to be a little bit higher. He's faster. The separation could be that much more drastic given the speed. Uh, right now I have him as my wide receiver uh, 11. And that is including the bump that he's gotten from um, the Senior Bowl. Um, I will be completely transparent. I do love the more possession, PPR-friendly receivers, so they will get a little helium in my rankings. But I like what I've seen. He's shown up. And uh, one thing I just got to say about him and other Michigan players that we're seeing in Mobile and in other uh, All-Star events, man, Jim Harbaugh gets these boys. These kids are ready to freaking go. And and you saw that today. Quinion Mitchell, the unabated star of the senior bowl, without question. He calls him out one-on-one, -on -one, makes the good the guy almost fall, and then pulls a one-handed catch on the sideline. He's a gamer. Yeah, no, for sure. And John, your thoughts on on Wilson and uh, Maddie, I'll say third round Roman Wilson after this week. I think we're gonna see th third round Roman Wilson at worst. John, where are you at on Roman Wilson draft capital and kind of where he kind of falls in the pecking order. Not an exact ranking, but are you there with him? I am there with him. He's a day two pick. I could see a team that could fall in love with him because we always have to remember right. there just might be a department, scouting department, a, an executive who just is blown away by him at the senior bowl here. And when you look at his advanced numbers, there's some interesting numbers that make him a very valuable pick. One, he has a 73% catch rate. And here's that's the percentage of catches. But here's what I saw on film. When he is in traffic, he's awesome. If you watch him enough, he is very comfortable catching the ball in the middle of the field, 20 or 30 yards down the field, and getting whacked. I mean, he is a tough player in the middle of the field. Now, what we're seeing in Mobile is immediate separation. You can see that quickness. He is going to be a major problem 
inside or in the slot in the NFL. So in three and four receiver formations, he's going to be nasty. And I'll say what I like about him in that. He can challenge the safeties deep. That's where the speed comes in. When you watch his film at Michigan, you will see him catching balls outside the hash marks. You'll see him catching balls deep down the field inside the hash marks. I love this A dot, 14.8. That is a great A dot in a Michigan offense. Now, yeah. they do take their shots deep, but that is among the best in this class. So you have a player who's 186, so he's a little heavier than I thought. So he's okay. Like, I obviously, I like 190, but 186 is fine. <laughs> he's got the height, but it's the hands and the toughness that I see on film, and the numbers match it. I really like him. Yeah, it's uh, some interesting stats. I'm. You can always like. You can't always take them like you know completely right. But there's uh, there's rumors he ran like a four three seven oh, as a high school okay. senior. So and then the the numbers coming out of Michigan, he had a six point two three cone drill, which was second in the program, and then he had a three seven seven shuttle. And oh. they have these plyo stairs at Michigan, which they're like really famous for these. It's essentially a, a stair that's three times the uh, three times the height of like a normal stairs in like your house, and they do oh, all sorts right. of plyo drills. And apparently, he set like the record for like a bunch of their plyo stuff. So he's like a he's going to test really really well. Yeah. And you know, you bring up Wilson and the size, John, but Malachi Corley also is blowing up. And this guy, I had a wide receiver ten right now, um, but he's every bit 215 pounds western kentucky player basically your thoughts on corley uh but he's got a lot of steam and a lot of momentum uh heading out of mobile unbelievable college football player if you watch western kentucky and the hilltoppers he's just been fabulous yet he is a g5 prospect so we have to understand when he's more physical and he's dominating these players on film, we probably have a lot of players that aren't going to play in the NFL. So I, I'm very weary of that. Now, I like him. 70% catch rate, 26% dominator for, for the Hilltoppers. But I'm just going to put a little, I'm going to touch the brakes, my friends. This stat worries me. His A dot was 5.5. I mean, that is brutal. And when I was breaking him down in late December on the film, I remember looking at him and said, does he ever run a 15-yard crosser? Like, I mean, I'm not saying I, I saw every route he ran in three years, but it's pretty hard to find a pattern where he's running 15 yards down the field. No question. Within that five-yard zone, he's incredible. But then I see the A dot, and it kind of matches what I saw on film which I'll say this, this was my concern about Rondell Moore. The same thing coming out of Purdue. He had a very extremely low dot, and I could not find a pass on film 15 yards down the field. And it's turned out that I don't have any shares of Rondell Moore in Dynasty. I was a little concerned about that. That I, I, I do think Malachi Corley's better, more physical. There, to me, he's more physical on film. So I'm, he's a better prospect, but that's a red flag to me. Matty Kiwum, 69 forced uh, missed tackles in his career at Western Kentucky. And like what John talks about, 
I don't know. I think it was kind of like stylistically the offense um, had a big game against Ohio State, had eight catches, 88 yards, a touchdown against Ohio State. And, uh, you know, the yak ability, Maddie, I think people are excited about that. Mm-hmm. And people also want these guys that can handle manufactured uh, rushing attempts at the wide receiver position. So I think he's going to get round two draft capital. Where are you at on him, Maddie? Uh, I had the same worries about him that John did. Uh, the dot is so concerning. Under six is kind of it's wild. Um, so he needed to show he needed to show me something in Mobile. To his credit, he has he has basically made these D backs look silly. He comes in looking like Debo Samuel, and sometimes you know throughout the evaluation process when you use your eyes, it's impossible to not take the low hanging fruit. He does look like Debo in down in Mobile. He does. He's playing like him. He's breaking things off. He does look good. He has come up in my ranks. He is uh, uh, right now at, at wide receiver a uh, 13 for me, but he's still in that smattering. It's him, Tez Walker, uh, Malik Washington, Javon Baker, Brennan Rice. This is going to be a jumbling of players that we are not even close to finding the finish line yet. Uh, but I could say that today he was one of my day two winners. I just liked what I saw on you know in the highlights against team drills, but also in one-on-ones. He looked like a problem. And he's catching everything uh, to, like John said, he, he has a good reception percentage, which is good. Well, guys, you know, you've heard Maddie Keywoman and I do these mock draft shows, and we've done two rounds several times. We're going to attempt to do three rounds. This is truly, Ooh. truly, truly sicko stuff right here. We're going to attempt to draft 36 players. Who got the first pick in this draft, Maddie Keywoman? Uh, I, I gave it to, no, I gave it to me. John picked second. And then I was going to give it to you, Theo, but then I looked back at our previous mocks. Do you realize you've taken Marvin Harrison every single one of our mocks? Well, that's, you know, there's, there's a reason for that because, you know, greatness, <laughs> greatness, guys. So we're going to go, we're going to go, listen, we're going to go, guys, we're going to attempt to do, I think, the first three-round mock draft anywhere in fantasy football here. Uh, we're going to take a short break, and then we're ripping and running. Matty Kiwum is OTC. Let's do it. This episode is brought to you by Rival Fantasy. Rival Fantasy, the coolest fantasy platform not enough people know about, but they will once I'm done, baby, because they're always innovating. They just rolled out seasonal leagues. We set them up for patrons, for our listeners, and they funded over $1,000 in payouts. That's what Rival's all about. They're always innovating. They already had the fantasy book where you can take overs and unders, stack them up, multiply your payout, but then they added challenges so you can set your own lines and put them out there for the community and then you can browse the community's lines and say hey this guy's crazy i'm gonna take the other side it's cool and they have fantasy bingo rival fantasies reminded me how much fun i can have with fantasy football and use that promo code player the promo code is player they give you a 100 instant deposit match plus 25 dollars plus a free play that promo code is player for up to 125 dollars in deposit bonus and a free play you can't beat it. We're back, fellas. We're back. Uh, Matty Kiwum, you're OTC. So this is going to shock many. I am going to go with Roman Wilson. Just kidding. Not going <laughs> to the senior bowl, but I'm not going to go Roman. I am going to take Marvin Harrison Jr. I'll make this quick with a floor of A.J. Green with a lot more upside. Just give me the one of the best receiving prospects we've seen in some time. Oh, before you pick, John. Are we going tight end premium or simply regular PPR, Matty? Uh, let's go regular PPR. I think we'll get the, the, regular the adequate tight ends regular. Okay, regular PPR here. John Lobb? 
it's very easy for me. And I'm going to be a little contrarian here. It's Malik Neighbors. I actually have him ahead of Marvin Harrison Jr. I love his film. Wow. He's versatile. The numbers are actually a little better when you stack these two guys up. Malik Neighbors. And, man, he can play slot. He can play the X. He can, he can beat you deep. He can beat you short. I just love him. Malik Neighbors at number, tw at number two. Okay, I have a trade on. We're gonna get off topic. Okay. <laughs> I I can I can get. I have a team that's absolutely loaded, and I have the 108. I keep trying to trade up for the 102 single QB league. I could trade a 2025 first, which I think will be very late. A 2025 second, which will be late. The 108, and then I gotta maybe throw something else in. But I feel like that's appropriate price for Malik Neighbors. Where are you at on that? It's single QB, John. I would do it. I love yeah, Malik Neighbors. He has a ceiling of 1,500 yards and 12 touchdowns. I mean, you just, what is there, maybe five of those, six of those in the NFL in yeah. any given year? I mean, in a PPR league, that he's a different, he's a league winner. He's a league winner if he, he shows up in the playoffs. I mean, that, to me, is his ceiling. It could be a 20-point-per-game guy. I think I'm doing it. Yes. Not to get us off topic. We're already off yeah. topic. We've got... We got, uh, what, 34 more picks to go, guys. So we got to keep it on top. <laughs> okay, so the 103, that's why I asked Maddie for the tight end premium versus non-tight end premium. Because I think if it's tight end premium scoring, I think it's a no-brainer here. Uh, but I'm going to push up Roma Dunze because I think Roma Dunze is going to be drafted in the top eight in the NFL draft. And there are some people that are putting him up there right there with Malik Neighbors. I'm not there. I'm clearly Neighbors at the wide receiver, too. But I think at the end of the day, Roma Dunze could be selected like at the sixth overall pick. And NFL teams love him. They're going to treat him like an alpha. Not quite the fantasy ceiling of Harrison Jr. or Neighbors. But Roma Dunze is really, really good. So let's go with Dunze at the 103, giving Matty Kiwum a gift at the 104. Daniel Jeremiah of NFL Network has Roma Dunze as his number three player on his big board. There is going to be a lot of helium behind that profile throughout the process if guys like DJ are already putting him on that high of a pedestal. Uh, but like you said, you left me with the other uh, high, highly hyped prospect in Brock Bowers. Checks all the boxes. I think he's going to get premier draft capital. And now with Harbaugh in L.A., that connection is going to – you're going to hear the drum beats for that connection. It's only going to get louder. So now the draft kind of starts in single QB leagues. I feel like 105 is where people right. kind of go different ways. John, where are you at with your 105? I've got to take the difference maker at quarterback here. I don't like wow. any of the running. Yeah, I don't like any of the running backs. So I just, I'm taking them off the board. I believe there's depth at the wide receiver. So I'm going to go Caleb Williams here. Because if you get that Jalen Hurts upside, you know, you get that. 800 yards with uh you know almost double digit touchdowns you can't replace that i'll go caleb williams i love it and we said maddie we had ian miller from the 33rd team and That's i believe right. he took caleb at the 106 mm -hmm. john's taking him at the 105 i think this is going to become more and more commonplace as like you know people forget about the prospect fatigue and all that and realize that it's like the safest bet going you don't have to make the correct wide <laughs> receiver right. or running back pick so uh, okay, so where are we at, Matty Kiwum? So uh, you are up now here with the 106, but when it comes to Caleb, I think what people will start to realize when you do the process out 
you start just measuring up Caleb Williams to other prospects and you realize I can't take Franklin over Caleb Williams. I can't take these guys over Caleb when he's such a, a, a highly, you know, he's a hyped up prospect. And you said it on the Dynasty Life with Jax Falcone, Theo, and I just give you all the credit in the world for it because you're right. If he came out last year, he goes before CJ. He goes for Anthony Richardson. Even a question. Yeah. So Prospect one, fatigue is real. 105. I'm glad John took Caleb there because I think 106, I'm going to go Troy Franklin. And I think Troy Franklin's a guy like I've been continually flag planning. I was very disappointed to hear Cody Carpenter, you know, trashing on, on Troy Franklin. But, you know, that's okay. That's okay. Jerome Simpson. I know. Can't, on, can't stand for that. Come on, Cody. At the end of the day, I think Troy Franklin, he's going to get drafted right in that sweet spot, the back end of the first round. So many great landing spots when you start to galaxy brain that one. The next low BMI wide receiver to come into the league and be very, very fantasy friendly. But do I feel great about it at the 106? No. But I think here is a, is a good spot. Um, I'm happy to take him kind of anywhere between 106 and, and 112. But I will continue my flag plant for Troy Franklin. We're taking him at the 106. So here at the 107, to me, there's a this is where running back truly comes into play. Uh, but I am Ooh. actually not going to go running back just yet. I am going to take Brian Thomas. Brian oh. Thomas has been one of my fastest riser or quickest risers throughout this process. He's all the way up to wide receiver four for me. I know he was very touchdown dependent, but he has good yards per out run. He has a good PFF reception grade. And just the size – and the potential matches at the end of the first round is one of those things where I'm just going to get ahead because if he goes to the, the Chiefs, if he goes to the Dolphins, if he goes to the Eagles late in round one, he's going to get a massive bump, and I think that's pretty much where we're going to see him go in round one. And I think he probably gets drafted ahead of Troy Franklin when it's all said and done. I think he. I think so. I, I think so. I think, I think so. All right, back to our guest, John Lobb here at the 108. John, is it going to be back-to-back quarterbacks for you? You know, you guys made my decision difficult because both Franklin and Thomas were the two guys I was eyeballing. And, <laughs> oh. you know, I love Franklin. I'll just put it out there right now. I think he's much better than people give him credit for. No, I know um, last time, and I highly recommend John's last appearance on FutureCast. John will be back on FutureCast, but you talked to Troy Franklin, as did Matty Kiewum last time. Um, and I know you're big-time bullish on him. John, you you've hit big time on your your low BMI guys. You were very much a Jordan Addison guy last year. So when it comes to like evaluating skinny dudes, John's the guy. <laughs> Which is ironic if you saw me all the way with the bone. <laughs> but um, I'm going to go with upside here, and this is a tough spot. I'm going Drake May. I don't think people really have sat down and Maddie was talking about the process. When you plug in his 1,209 rushing yards basically in two seasons and his rushing equity, which is the percentage of the Tar Heels rushing attack, his best season was 32%. I like Drake May a ton. I don't I don't have him as a better prospect than Caleb Williams. I think that's kind of a little bit of silly talk. But I love Drake May here for the upside. So this is this is a, a record uh, for Drake May, the highest he's been selected in, in these single QB drafts. I don't know if I'm quite there, but I think that people are sleeping on his rushing upside. Maddie, anything to add on Drake May? The more I watch Drake May, the less I see the Justin Herbert comp and more I see the projectability of a Josh Allen comp. Yes. And that's tantalizing. 
<laughs> he's he's good with the ball running, man. <laughs> mm. And he don't he's that DGAF type of runner. He will jump over defenders, he will lower his shoulder. He's got that cowboy in him that Josh Allen has. He does, he's good. <laughs> so I will I will flag plant again. And I'm going to go Braylon Allen here at the Ooh. 109. And Braylon Allen, you know, that's a guy that I have as my running back one. I know we're not in love with with the running back class as a whole compared to the last few years. But, you know, Maddie and I have talked about this on countless future casts. Braylon Allen, the people saying he's going to go in the fourth or fifth round are nuts. He's going to go nuts. on day two. Somebody's going to take him. And if there's a couple of teams where if he lands correctly – it's going to go in fuego and he could be the one Oh five. So I'm going to, I'm going to go Braylon Allen here and I feel pretty good about it. Um, again, I wouldn't as feel as good about it as it was last year, taking the, the RB one, but I feel good about it here at the one Oh nine. Six two, two hundred forty five 245 pounds. Yeah. He has a, ch- a real path to the Cowboys or the Eagles. There's oh! a, path, a big time, big time hype behind this kid. Baltimore Ravens, guys. Baltimore Ravens. There's another one. There's another oh. one. Yeah, absolutely. John, John, just a quick question, because yeah. Maddie and I have talked about it a while, but he caught like 28 passes this year. Did you see improvement, or was this just a Wisconsin's like, you know what, we need to pass the ball a little bit more to the running backs? No, I thought he improved because they brought in a new coordinator. I can't remember his name, but he had been at UNC for years, and they made a conscious effort of get Braylon Allen more involved in the passing game. I thought he looked better as a pass receiver out of the backfield because they. I believe that the coaching staff, when Luke Fickle went there, kind of told him behind closed doors, we want to help you improve your draft stock. Stay with us. Don't transfer. Stay here. And you saw an improved pass receiver. I thought he was much better. He's competent at the NFL level. No question in my book. Love it. So here I am with my last pick in the first round. And to be honest, there's a lot of running backs I like, not a ton that I love. And there's this grouping here at wide receivers that I need to see play out before I get excited about one over the other. So I'm going to take the player that's the top of his uh, uh, position. I'm going to take Jaden Daniels uh, in one quarterback. Uh, we've heard this from Cody on past mocks that he believes that he has as much value as the other two based on the rushing upside, 1,200 yards this past year. Uh, so I'm going to go ahead and lock him up at the 110. This is a record, guys. This is a record for for Ian Miller. We had two in the first round. Drake May, I think, went early second. Now they're all gone by pick 110. What a class of quarterbacks. <laughs> Man, it's a good class. I would have taken Jaden Daniels at 11. You can't. I, I was going to take him at 12, too. I was going to uh, make yeah. him at one. So <laughs> he's so the, we're the all... quarterbacks at this tier. Are just they're clearly above the tier running back, the tier receivers that we're currently sitting at. So I'm going to go, and I'm not being a homer here. So honestly, folks, when the process is done, people are going to love this player. I'm taking Blake Corum. Mm. The his toughness between the tackles. And I think I've spoken with Theo about this on other shows. His vision in between the guards is extraordinary. He can run in a phone booth. He's tough. And I know I know some people say goal line running isn't a skill. I've watched 40 years of football. Goal line running is a skill. He yeah. is awesome at the goal line. And I wonder, folks, is Jim Harbaugh going to take him in the second round in San Diego? 
I think Austin Eckler's out. I know that might be hearsay, but you know these coaches love their guys. And mm-hmm. remember what Jimmy Johnson did when he went to Dallas in the 90s. You get your guys. I think Blake Corum would be really nasty with Justin Herbert. I like him. I'm going to take him here. If he takes Blake Corum in the second round, because there's all these people saying Blake Corum in the third round to the Chargers. I think they had like 68th pick. But if Blake Corum gets like, you know, that top 45 NFL oh. draft capital, you're talking about the 105. And he's old. He's ready to come in and handle oh, yeah. a high workload. Yes. I, that would be the ideal landing spot. I love that one. 112, you guys both take quarterbacks. So I'm, I'm, I can't go QB here. Uh, 112, I'm going to, you know, it's got to be a wide receiver for me here, guys. And I could go several ways, but I'm going to go with the guy that I think is going to have the highest draft capital, and that's Keon Coleman. And I know he's polarizing. This is Matty Kiewum's fade, but he's 20 years old. This is a is a guy with size who I think is going to be drafted in the first round. I have a little less clarity about a couple of the wide receivers right behind him, but I think an NFL team is going to take a shot on Keon Coleman in the first round. Matty Kiewum, go ahead, hate. It's not that I hate. It's just what we're trying to do, and John, you can speak to this, is we're trying to build narratives throughout this offseason, and we need these data points to – help us solidify these narratives and right now i just need keon coleman to tell me why he's hyped but because his numbers are so bad his underlying metrics are bad his production his surface stats aren't great i need him to show me why he's special and we haven't got to his turn yet it probably will be in indianapolis at the combine he could shoot up my rankings but as of right now he's just a he's a receiver in a group of receivers who hasn't shown me what he does special yet Maddie, I agree. I don't know where he wins other than size. And, yeah. and, and in general, that's not a winning formula. You have to separate or you have to win deep. You have to have second level separation. You have to kick return so you're good in open space. Other mm-hmm. than being big, I just don't know where he wins. And the underlying metrics are not very impressive. So well, I right. need to see more too. A little, little pushback. It was only one year at Florida State. Um, and at, and then at Michigan state, you know, we could say that those guys were, were not well used good enough athlete that he played basketball for Tom Izzo and guys, we're talking about a guy, his size, and they did use him on special teams as a returner. So like they're, and put three touchdowns on the LSU tigers. So we have seen it a little bit. So uh, I'm willing to be wrong. And I do think Keon Coleman could bust maybe more so than a couple of the wide receivers behind him. But I do think that, that some NFL team might see him and say, this is an X. This is a guy we're just going to throw in there. This is RT Higgins, and that's it. So contested catches, red zone usage, they're going to find different ways to use him. But yeah, he could absolutely bust. There's a bust every year, and maybe I just took the bust in the, in the first round, guys. It's still early. It's still early. Still uh, early. So I, I, I'm not going to solidify him as my bust candidate just yet. I still am in my top 10. So I'm not completely out on him. But here at the 201, uh, I am not quite yet. There will be a smattering of picks probably in my next starting my next one where I just pepper running back. But there's still someone on my board that's a tier above the running backs. So I'm going to go with Xavier Worthy from Texas here. I talked about building narratives. I know what Xavier Worthy brings to the table. It's speed, baby. It's speed. And the NFL loves speed. He'll test well. He has a 1,000-yard season under his belt. 
Um, I think when it's all said and done, people will be like, oh, wow, Xavier Worthy's here in the second round. I wasn't expecting him over an Adnai Mitchell. I was expecting him over a Lad McConkie. But the speed will talk for itself, so I'm going to take him here at the 201. I was hoping he fell to me, my friend. Ah, I was yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and I'm not the biggest Xavier Worthy because he does have challenges catching the oh, ball. Yeah. There's a lot very of drop much, There's a lot Hollywood of Brown in the worst way. <laughs> <laughs> but but I do think the draft capital will be there, especially if he goes out and runs a 4-4. Something really spectacular. So I like that. So I'm actually in a little bit of a conundrum here because I have a bucket of five receivers. I don't think there's a receiver who stands out. I can't go with quarterback here. Top three are gone. I, I, I can't do it. I don't like any of the tight ends. So I'm going to go with my running back board, and I'm going to do a little flag plant. Now, this would depend on roster construction right now. But I like this boy, and I can't believe he's not getting talked about. I'm going Audric Esteme of Notre Dame. I'm I knew you sorry. were going there. I knew you were going there, John. He's 5'11", 227. I love – not a lot of wiggle. I get it. I get it. He's a gap runner between the tackles. You might – you know, old school grinder we might call him. But in today's world where we're having committee backfields, Audric Esteme is going to have a role. Maybe it's 55% of the touches. But he's going to get the goal line and the, the red zone touches. I really like Audrey Kostemi, so I'll take him here. That's a good pick. And, you know, that's another big back, another young one, 20 years old. Oh, I'm going to yeah. go here back to the wide receiver well, though. Matty Kiewum took Xavier Worthy, so I'm going to take his teammate. I'm going to take Adnai Mitchell, uh, who we have spoke glowingly about on FutureCast. And Cody Carpenter loves Adnai Mitchell. Mm -hmm. And I have Adnai Mitchell in my, my rankings as like ninth overall. But I realize it's kind of a wide gap right there with a little bit of flexibility. So I'm very happy to get Adnai Mitchell here. I think he'll get top 45 draft capital, if not be a first-round draft pick. Whew. That's a good pick. Adnai Mitchell was absolutely been my pick here if he had fallen to me, so good pick. Again, I think I'm going to hold off one more pick at the running backs because I still have a number of guys, and I want to grab this player. And I think what I'm doing – is making a change in my rankings because I have Xavier Leggett as my highest-rated wide receiver, but I just can't let Roman Wilson get get away from me right now. I love what I'm just seeing, and I said it earlier in the show. I, I, I just love good possession, separation, wide receivers. The Deontay Johnson archetype is something I always gravitate to in my PPR leagues. You're talking about a guy like that with speed, intense speed, now you're starting to talk about the Tyler Lockett's type of that profile, a little bit taller than Tyler Lockett, maybe not as fast, maybe not as clean as a full route runner, but something in that realm. And I'm just going to go with Roman Wilson, and I think now i got to make a little change in my ranks. <laughs> there's, no, there's no better truth serum in fantasy football and in, really in life than on the clock. On the clock reveals that's so right. much, guys. That's and right. So that's that's a steam right there. That's Roman Wilson's steam. First time he's gone inside the first two rounds here on a future cast mock draft. So the, the train has left the station, guys. This is Roman Wilson now as a second-round pick. Back to John. I'm going to go where I think this might be a reach, but in tight end leagues, we're not doing one, but this ceiling on this player and what we saw amongst the rookie tight ends this year, I love the tape at times. 
I don't know why he disappeared in this Texas offense. Jatavian Sanders, man, there's some numbers that I really like. His A dot for a tight end is 9.8. Just to give you an example, Brock Bowers is 6.5. That's incredible. Jatavian Sanders, who I would argue was the fourth target hog in that Texas passing game, had a dominator rating of 17% of the team's passing yards. Again, Brock Bowers, 21%. Sanders' ceiling is high. It's a little risky, but I do like the tape that I've seen when he's being used. I'll take Sanders, and I think people are going to push, an NFL executive is going to push him up the board. Way big, yep. I've been I've been, going to like him. in love with Sanders. People forget he was the tight end prospect coming out of high school, not Brock Bowers. He was that guy, highly recruited guy, went to Texas. And in tight end premium, one QB, I'm, oh. I'm okay taking him at the 112, 111. Oh, yeah. I think in FFPC leagues, he's going to go inside maybe 110, somewhere around there. Because mm-hmm. guys, like, you know, you say, why did he regress a little bit this year? Adnai Mitchell. And I feel like they're just That's more right. balanced. That's right. Yeah. So, right. but like, but guys, who has the most catches in in Texas history at the tight end position? Jatavian Sanders, and he did it at like nineteen. So the guy's a baller. And also mm-hmm. in this class, it's tough to make bets. I'll wonder if another tight end is going to go in the first thirty six picks here. So Jatavian Sanders, great, great pick there by John. I'm OTC. I'm going to take Trey Benson, running back, Ooh. Florida State. I think we'll start to see a, a run on running backs here. I could have gone back to the wide receiver well. I could have gone with a different running back. There's some really enticing players. But I think at the end of the day, Matty Kiwum, Trey Benson's going to get the draft capital. I think he's going to run a 4-4-40. He's got the size. Uh, and this is a guy that the only fear I have is that an NFL physical doesn't like him because of the old, old injury at Oregon. But, I mean, he should be all right. Trey Benson, I think, is really good value in the middle of the second. So here now there's there's a smattering of wide receivers that I do like, but we know in our roster construction, these are the guys that if you miss on become the worst kind of roster cloggers. So starting (laughs) here, I'm going to take a running back, and I'm actually going to plant my flag on a guy, someone I fell in love with when I saw his tape, 5'11", 205 pounds, could run as high as a 4'3'3". That is the rumor. He could be in the 4'3's, low 4'4's. I'm going with Jalen Wright. White running back from Tennessee. That's a John Lobb, a jo- John Lobb favorite and a Maddie Kewin favorite now. <laughs> I was just gonna take him. Oh my god, Maddie, you're killing me tonight. You're killing oh! me. <laughs> Listen, he's at my running back five right now, and I was t- texting with my buddies. He has top three, top two upside because there is just a wide open void of who is going to fill in these in these in these spots. I think Blake Corum is great, and I think the NFL is going to love him. So he's going to have to stay up in those ranks. I don't think he falls lower than running back four. But with Jonathan Brooks's injury, Trey Benson's regression this year, Jalen Wright is fast, super well-balanced, and when you watch him play, the only term you can say in your mind, this kid's got horsepower. I love it. And he misses the Senior Bowl, guys. Misses the Senior Bowl, so people are going to have to wait in anticipation. It's kind of like Israel Abanacanda last year, a little bit like that, Mm. where you think he's going to test really, really well. But I know it's funny because – I had John and I were talking about running back prospects and John was telling me about how Jalen Wright's his guy. And then almost like the next day without even talking to one another, 
Maddie Keewoom and I were texting with one another, and Maddie's <laughs> like, I'm going to flag plant Jalen Wright. I've been breaking down film. So you guys are both on that that path. John, anything to add on Jalen Wright? Because, again, this is a future cast uh, record for, for his draft capital now. You have to understand context with him when you're judging him as a production model. They had a three-headed monster at Tennessee this year. So they he was in a rotation. But here's the number. I mean, I love the film. I agree with Maddie. Here's the number that I love. In a three-headed rotation, in a coach who wants to throw the ball, just understand that. He had 35 runs of over 10 plus yards this year. And here's what here's the other stat. His yards after contact is 4.35, which is the best out of the top 26 running backs that I have graded. His yards, he is just a power, I mean, a bowling ball. He just mm-hmm. smacks you. I agree. Not a ton of wiggle. I get it. Right. But man, he's young, only three years. And here's what I said. I was, I did not have him on my radar. I thought he was going back to college. When I heard he was going to senior bowl light bulbs, he must have gotten that. You know how you apply to the NFL? Like, where am I going to get drafted? Right. right. The light bulb must have, he's like, oh, I got a second round grade. <laughs> like, I, yeah. I mean, so I'm like, okay, I'm doing something wrong. I got to watch this kid again. Because that's that's why I think he went to – well, he initially agreed he should be in the Senior Bowl, but he's hurt yeah. right now. But that told, told me that the NFL likes him. So I'm in after watching the tape. And I think I'm next, right? Yeah. John, do you have, real quick, do you have a comp on him yet? What's your comp on um, him? So I'm not great at comps. Oh, can I, give me some time and let me think about it, like sure, stylistically. Sure. He's kind of an outside zone runner. I think he's really good when he sees a hole and hits it. But he doesn't have a ton of wiggle, so I'd have to think about it a little bit. Because I was thinking about my next pick here. I'm going to go because rotation. I think we have to think differently now. Running back by committees are going to be dominant, right? Yeah. So who are we going to get who are uber efficient with touches? Obviously, Devin A. Chain is the exception, right? He was just the uber efficiency was out of control. He's, right? He set the new rule. Are you yeah, are you about are you about to snipe me on Bucky Irvin? I love Bucky Irvin of Oregon. <laughs> I, I he's the perfect rotational back. Yeah. Right. I mean, 20, 15 touches a game. You might get a hundred yards rushing a touchdown. Four receptions. He's one ninety. I really like Bucky. Ninety two career recept. No, no. I'm yeah. I got it right. 92 career receptions. I'll take Bucky Irvin here. I love the pick. It's a great pick. And I think that he's going to be the guy because we saw so many 190-pound backs succeed this past season that people are going to be really, really excited to draft him in in their rookie drafts. Whereas a couple years ago, maybe you get lucky and Bucky Irving might land to you in the third round. I think he's going to be a lock for second round. Um, Fun, fun, fun player. Uh, you guys are making me want to take a running back now because we're going running back, running back, running back. So I'll keep going, and I'm going to do a little running back cleanup, and I'm going to take maybe the best running back in this draft class who had uh, the worst injury luck, and that's Jonathan Brooks of Texas. So I have Jonathan Brooks right around RB5, RB6 because of the injury. But if he didn't get injured, I think we would have been taking him at the 105, the 106 in this draft. So I'm very happy to take the injury discount and take Jonathan Brooks, our fourth Texas Longhorn, to go off the board. 
Man, this is another lesson. We've said it on a f- past Futurecast episodes, but it's worth repeating. Go get twos and threes if you are a contending oh, team. Oh, they're loaded. You, you are going to be able to load up at running back, and I'm going to keep the train rolling. I'm going to take probably the best back down in Mobile, Marshawn Lloyd. Marshawn Lloyd's probably not going to get the pristine draft capital. He's already proven that he could be a one and two down rusher, but what he's showing in Mobile is he's better in the passing game than people were expecting. So he's one of those guys he can go late. He might not be a major factor in the early parts of the NFL season, but an injury occurs, a benching occurs, something happens. All of a sudden, he's thrust into a workhorse load, and I think he's got the skill set to take care of business. Love it. Absolutely love it. I think the value's there, and he is skyrocketing. And guys, I've been just, impressed just from now on, I, we got one complaint to somebody said that, Maddie, we, we sometimes don't say the college name. So for the oh, whole God, third God, round, God. we're going to say the college name. But Marshawn Lloyd is easy. USC to USC. USC. South Carolina <laughs> to, to USC. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't get better than that, guys. You can always remember that one. So uh, we just to reiterate, guys, we've now had five straight running backs go off the board. This, is, uh, this has been a running back heavy back half of the second round. And I, I do agree the values in the I love Maddie's philosophy. If you could get three second rounders somehow, if you need backfield help, and if you just hit on one of them, you know, you get Devin Achan mm-hmm. or you get, well, Gibbs was a first rounder, but you can get that r- rookie running back. But I'm going to go on my wide receiver board. So I'm going to kind of, I don't like the quarterbacks. I think they're third round dynasty quarterbacks right now. Because I think you might have to wait. Obviously, landing spot's going to matter. But I still believe in this guy, even though the reports out of um, out of um, the Senior Bowl mobile are not great. I'm going to take Devontae Walker here. I think he fell a little bit. I still like him. I do think landing spot's going to matter in draft capital. But I still, my film evaluation, I like him. And I'll say this, um, I I talked about this with my um, former teammate, or my teammate, Matt Hicks. I don't think there's a better receiver on a 12-yard crosser in the draft than Devontae Walker. I think he's absolutely amazing at that play. We're going to have to get Matt Hicks on and have to go four rounds, guys. Maybe (laughs) True sicko mode. That's just like, you know, turn it off, guys. We've had enough. We've had enough. No, we're going to go another round. Uh, so here at the 212, guys, easy. You guys give me a gift. I'm taking Lad McConkey. I'm taking yeah. Lad McConkey, the winner of the Senior Bowl. I comfortably have him in the in the second round anyway for these rookie drafts. Uh, you know, I think the size, the measurables were good. The tape looks good. This is a guy that I think is going to have the draft capital. Uh, John, I know we talked about in the pre-show, like kind of what is he? I think he's a slot, but this is a guy oh, yeah. that, you know, he – had manufactured running attempts at Georgia. He's a good returner and is a guy that got on the field for a loaded Georgia team as a freshman. So I think Lad McConkey is NFL teams are going to like him more than maybe fantasy managers do right now. Happy to get him at the 212. I like the pick. He's a Georgia Bulldog, guys. Georgia. Georgia. We'll yeah. say the college. <laughs> and Andy's immediate contributor. He will be there right. Oh, and Devontae Walker was at UNC. So I didn't say it. North Carolina, for those who don't know, UNC. Kent State flash <laughs> to UNC. Kent, Kent State. Yeah. All these, all these transfers, guys. It's so many transfers now. It's, it's a wonderful thing. We should just like, you know, we're, it's almost like you got to stay say two colleges now. It's a, it's a, <laughs> a lot of fun. 
Yes, there's, there's a feeding process now that's using that's being used to the transfer portal. Uh, now at the 301, so I'm going to take Xavier Leggett from wide receiver from South Carolina. Big, but not that big. That's that's my new thought on him. He's going to fall down my board because the hope was DK Metcalf, right? And there's nothing I hate more than a discounted comp. And what I mean by that is uh, he's DK Metcalf, but smaller. Well, then he's not DK Metcalf. That's how that's how I feel. Or a couple of years ago, it was Justin Fields. Justin Fields is like a smaller Cam Newton. Well, then he's not Cam Newton because part of Cam Newton's game is that size. You can't be a slower version or smaller version and be that comp and me be happy about it. So I'm not happy with what I've seen down in Mobile, the measurements exclusively. But at the 301, I'm okay taking the shot, the lottery ticket on somebody that's going to be big, fast, and looks like he has some body control uh, to win at the NFL level. For once, Maddie left my guy on the table, and I'm pretty happy <laughs> about that. I've been eyeballing him, and I'm going to take my guy here. Out of Central Florida via Alabama, I'm taking Javon Baker, the wide receiver. Kind of impressed some people, still off the radar. I absolutely love Javon Baker. I'm going to, if he's in the third round, I'll take him in every draft. I mean, mm-hmm. I might have 90% exposure. I think his ceiling's great. I think he's an X. I like him a ton. And for me, Baker, in your sharper leagues, I think he'll be there in the third because I do think that this running back kind of run that we saw tonight is going to be what happens more often than not when you got a lot of sharp people in the draft. But in your casual leagues, I think Baker's going to be oh. a second-round pick. He's going to look fantastic throughout the process. Cody Carpenter, a big Javon Baker guy as well. Um, this one for me at the 303, I'm going to go with Malachi Corley, oh. another senior bowl winner. We talked about him early in the show. I'm going to remain bullish on him. And it's a guy that I think could land in the second round of the NFL draft, uh, Western Kentucky Hilltopper. And guys, we talk, people talk about the competition. Look at the box scores. Any single time they played a big 10 school, he had like seven or more receptions. So Malachi Corley, low a dot specialist bowling ball <laughs> of a wide receiver. <laughs> so i'm up with the 304 and i'm gonna people know this if you've been watching the future cast follow me along you know i'm a bo nicks guy i've been a believer in bo nicks he has been my qb4 but i'm not selecting bo nicks right now i'm gonna take jj mccarthy here oh the youngest <laughs> the youngest quarterback in the the upper echelon grouping and like I said earlier, I'm trying to build narratives throughout the offseason. And one of the narratives that I am very confident in is that this offseason competition between Penix and Knicks, only one will come out as a first-round pick. I think the other falls. And quite frankly, down in Mobile, neither Penix nor Knicks is really taking control of that quarterback four spot, leaving the door open for a guy with crazy upside in J.J. McCarthy. Everyone can say what they want. John, you know this to be true because you're a Michigan fan. Everyone under the sun is saying, well, you didn't have to throw the ball. How could you be happy? This kid came in as a solid, no-doubt, blue-chip quarterback prospect, one of the greatest prospects. I think it was in Illinois history, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, yeah. I think it was oh, Illinois. Yeah. yeah. This kid's a stud. And the fact that he decided to go to the NFL at 20 years old, coming off a national championship, tells you again that that consultant, whatever that committee is, said, listen, man, the NFL is going to like you. And I think he just has more upside over the long term. And that's what I'm looking for here in the third round. I I, I want a McCarthy, but I'm going to take your guy then. And I have him slotted right next to each other. 
And I know people, the reports out of Oregon quarterback Bo Nix are not extremely positive out of um, Senior Bowl at Mobile. But I'll say this. I can't discount three years of film study and then just say he's had two, three bad days that I'm going to be off of him. In In a single quarterback league, you're looking for upside in the third round. Bo Nix had over 1,600 career yards rushing. And my favorite stat in the draft, 113 touchdowns passing and only 26 interceptions. That's insanity. I know know the yards per attempt is low. I get it. I know it's a little bit of scheme in Oregon. I get it. But I still think he's a second-round value in the NFL. I'll take Bo Nix there. Broke all of Marcus Mariota's single-season records. I mean, that's right. Not bad, guys. Not bad. No, not um, bad. So here I'm going to go with Will Shipley running Ooh. back Clemson, which I feel like third round it's a good one because Will Shipley can catch the football. There's literally no buzz on Will Shipley right now at all. Uh, but at the end of the day, the guy had nearly 90 receptions as a Clemson Tiger, uh, ran for nearly 3,000 yards as a Clemson Tiger. I think that at the end of the day, someone's going to take him in the fourth round, maybe the fifth round of the NFL draft. I love Shipley. I've been looking at him, Theo. There's yeah. no bug. You might, I mean, we're, we're, you know, we love this, right? You might get Shipley in the fourth or fifth round if you're lucky in other drafts because he is much better than he's being given credit and there's no buzz on him. Yeah, he's, yeah, you he's, know, he, early breakout. No, I was just saying he's, he's good. Yeah, early, exactly. That's exactly early, early breakout. breakout. Big time school. Uh, I'm up here at the 307. Will Shipley went to Clemson. Uh, we'll we'll make you, sure we put that up there. I make sure. So these two running backs I have similarly ranked as of this point. You took Shipley. I'll take the other one. I'm going to take Dylan Lobby, a running back from UNH. Uh, the reason why I'm taking Lobby is his versatility in the passing game and in the running game. Uh, in back-to-back days down in Mobile, he's clocked over 20 miles per hour. The Rex Burkhead comparison, even though he looks exactly like him, has to stop. He's big, he's fast, he's effective, and I think even if he doesn't get the requisite draft capital to get you excited early on, the skill set in the role that he'll get in a potential committee is what is going to eventually giving, give him some playing time. So I'm going to take Lobby here, UNH at the 307. And guys, do you know where he's from? He's from yeah. Long Island. Strong Long Island, Island maybe? He's from, he's from the same county as my wife. He's from Suffolk County, Long Island, from way out east near the Hamptons. And and like Dylan Lobb was like a mega producer in high school, goes to a small college and dominates. And uh, Matt, he can catch the football, like you said. This is a guy that all-purpose yardage. You've been talking about him for months, and now people are finally seeing it. Like, yeah, that's a great pick. I just want to add a stat. 171 career catches, and he's a really good receiver. If you watch the tape of him, He's catching balls 20 yards down the field ha- outside the hash marks. He's like really, really good. I think he might be a better pass catcher than he is an actual running back in, you know, first and 10. Like, I think he might have a real 60 catch upside season in the right offense. So I agree. I like him there. I'm going to put a flag plant on a wide receiver I like who I think is going under the radar. I'm going to the Washington. And we got lucky that he had an opportunity to play this year because of injuries. I like Jalen Polk. I'll take. I, I was going to take him. 
You you sniped me two times. You've sniped me twice. <laughs> you sniped me in the third round, John. That's sick. That's right. I you know he's he's six two two oh four. I plugged in the numbers. I like the film. He's a good route runner. He's big. He's strong. I, I I'm going to take the the chance here that he lands in the right spot. Guys, this is one of those things where you're like, okay, I'm going to take him. I can like kind of chill out a little bit. Now I'm now I'm scrambling, guys. I'm scrambling. I think that's a great pick. He's got the size to be a wide receiver two for a long time in the NFL. I don't think he'll ever be a wide receiver one, but I think I he could be some team's wide receiver two. And somebody might take this is again like we're taking these wide receivers now in the third round. But guys, this could be like a record-setting year for right. wide receivers selected. What's the record for the first three rounds, Maddie? We got to look Ooh, that I one up. I don't know. Because I, I know the round one, yeah. round one is seven. And I think yeah, we, could, seven. We, could, we could hit seven in the first round and break that. I think that's like, a, that's like going on like 20 years, that, that, that record. But for like first three rounds, you could just be a cascade effect. And these guys could all get cleaned up. So um, for me here, I'm going to go with a guy that this is a little bit of a, of a dice roll because we didn't see the production but I think that this player is going to be another guy that NFL teams bet on. Probably going to be a role player, but you never know. Uh, I'm going to go with Jermaine Burton of Alabama here as because I think he's going to run a very fast 40, and I think he's going to get the draft capital. And I think that most coordinators are going to say this is just a, a deep threat for me, but there could be a couple that view him as more than that. And again, it's another transfer situation where you know we never saw him take off but he was at extremely high level programs so i'm gonna go jermaine burton and now i'm up here i love that pick uh seth diewald over at player profile he texted me today and said why isn't jermaine burton being talked about as a fast version of keenan allen and i said mm-hmm. oh what well i need to do a little bit more digging into jermaine burton you're gonna put down the table I need to do me some research. I need and, to start looking as more a, as a sneak as a sneak preview john lobb will be going on the dynasty round table Yes, with sir. Seth Diewald and Matt Babich son in February. I don't remember which day, but yeah. in February. That'll be fun. So I'm up here now with the 310, my last pick of the night. There's plenty of receivers that I like. I like McCaffrey. I like what Malik Washington. I like what Pearsall's done. I like what Ryan Flournoy's done, coming from a small school to senior bowl, proving that he deserves to be there with his size and his route running ability. But I'm just not willing to take the chance on a roster clogger here. I'm going to go back to running back, and I'm going to take Cody Schrader. Cody Schrader was a mega producer at Missouri. He was a massive, massive running back producer at a smaller school before he went to Missouri. He looks decent enough in the passing game, although I don't think he settles with that type of role. But again, we're looking at here in the third round for players that have a couple injuries away from being a a big-time difference maker on your fantasy team. So I'm going to go Cody Schrader from Missouri. I had I have two running backs I wanted here. So you grabbed one of the two. So you kind of left me with the decision. I'm okay with it. I'm going from the University of Kentucky via Vanderbilt, via Temple. I'm going <laughs> Ray Davis. Hey, 94, 94 career receptions. He had 31 carries this year of over 10 yards for the Wildcats. And I really like his yards after contact, 3.91. And I think this is going to be very important this year, and at least in the near future. Running backs we know are disposable. I'm not even looking three, four years down the road unless I have a Saquon Barkley, Jonathan Taylor type. Any other back 
I want two years. And yep. I know he's I know. a little older. I get it. But you know what? If, if I get 400 carries over the next two years from a running back, I'm happy with it right yep. now. We're not going to get the 10-year running back in the NFL, I don't think. So I'll take Ray Davis here. Rudy Johnson, you know, these guys get lost in the aisles of times. Alfred Morris, they get lost in the aisles of time, but the years you needed them, those dudes performed for you. They did. And he's a, another older running back. Yes. You know, this is a guy that's going to be 24 next year and back-to-back -back seasons in the SEC with double-digit rushing touchdowns. Also had seven receiving touchdowns last year. So he was just like a machine. Uh, Ray Davis, I really like that pick. And I guess Mr. Irrelevant here. <laughs> I'm gonna take I'm gonna take Jacob Cowing and I'm gonna end the run. Ooh. This is a guy we were taking in like the second round. The the betrayal for Matty Kiwum this week to see the real height on Jacob Cowing, expecting five eleven. The betrayal, betrayal, but guys, even if he's five eight, he can still catch the ball. Uh still was dynamic, and I think he'll be a role player for somebody, but really hard to get too excited about him at five eight. But we always have Tank Dell, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> The thing about Tank Dell is Tank Dell came in short, but Tank Dell came in as a nation's leading receiver and balled the F out in Mobile. This guy yeah. came in three inches shorter than his projection. Three. Ten? Three. Oh, That's right. Like, what type of high heels was he standing on? <laughs> Did he have okay, the Ron okay, DeSantis fine. heels? Was he the Ron DeSantis Maddie, heels? Maddie, at, at run, run, it, run, run it back. Run it back for the brand. Run it back. Run it back, guys. For the brand, Theo Johnson. We're getting another Theo at the at the, we'll at the 312, our tight end three. And I'm going to go from 5'8", 150, to six foot six, 260, and there runs fast. So there we go, Looking guys. good in Mobile, too. Yeah. But I, somebody needs to run away with tight end three in this class, and I think Theo Johnson could be it. Penn State tight ends always get drafted earlier than you <laughs> anticipate. Always. That's right. It's a law. So, uh, guys, we did 36 picks. Uh, this was a lot of fun. Uh, gosh, I, I, it's too many. It's too many. Let's just 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 recap the third round here because people, you know, we were, we're a little faster. Xavier Leggett, uh goes at the 301 to Maddie Kiwum. John takes Javon Baker. I took Malachi Corley. Maddie took JJ McCarthy. John took Bo Nix. Then I took Will Shipley. Maddie took Dylan Lobb. Jalen Polk goes to John. Then I took Jermaine Burton. Maddie took Cody Schrader. John took Ray Davis. And I took Theo Johnson to end the draft. This was so much fun. John, let everybody know what you have coming out. Oh, please check out my quarterback um, preview files. They're coming out this week. They could be up on the page now when you're watching this. It has my model. It has my rankings. And you'll be excited with my scouting reports. This is my 11th year doing it. There is value in this year's quarterback class. And I'm going to give a big hint to someone. If you need a quarterback in a in a super flex league, you better get him this year. The landscape isn't future, isn't very good in next year's draft. <laughs> so get your quarterback this year because next year is not pretty. Especially with J.J. McCarthy coming out now. I mean, he yes. could have been the guy. Yeah, and once again, welcome to Player Profiler, John. We're so excited to have you. I think that everybody's going to love, uh, you know, listening to you and also reading your articles. Uh, it's going to be a really, really fun uh, winter for us. Maddie, what do you have coming up on, on Blue Chips this week? 
Blue Chips, we're going to just put the pin on the Senior Bowl recap, talking about risers, followers, some of my favorites, some of my least favorites, all that stuff. We're going to put a pin on it because the Senior Bowl is the first the, the first real event that gets us going before you know before we know it, we'll be uh, in Detroit talking about the who's on what team. Yeah, this was this was a great great time today. Uh, check us out on Futurecast pretty much every week, if not every other week. Uh, moving forward, we're going to do a lot of shows like this. Uh, and Dynasty Life, I'm dropping one on Friday with Garrett Price of Dynasty Nerds. We're going to try to do a picks versus players, try to figure out the players we would trade for our particular rookie picks. It's going to be a really fun process. Uh, guys, enjoy the uh, enjoy the Super Bowl if we don't drop an episode before the Super Bowl. And uh, we'll be back soon at FutureCast. Peace. Hey, I want to take a moment to thank you for tuning in. It's important to me that all of our media be free. This is only possible because of you allowing a true independent sports media enterprise to thrive unlike any other in the business. So please subscribe to the All In Package to continue to make all this possible to ensure that all of our stats, information, data, content is available to you, especially you, the people that get the site and get the show.